Hello there. Thank you for joining me on the very first episode in this podcast series, Proclaiming Jesus. I'm grateful that you've decided to take the time to sit with me as we spend some minutes talking about none other than the person of Jesus Christ. Now, as I mentioned previously, in my pre in the prelude, I am no theologian. I'm just a simple girl who loves Jesus so much and knows how amazing he is and the plan the amazing plan that he um, has for the world today and I'm passionate about sharing him and sharing this goodness, sharing the meaning of his coming and everything about him with the rest of the world. So all I would be using in the course of this podcast series is my Bible <laughs> to, um, you know, buttress any points that I have. Everything that I'll be speaking on would be from no other book than the Bible. And while I am on that subject, I would like to leave you with these three scriptures, which I would call the anchor verses of this podcast series. The first is 2 Timothy 3 from verses 15 to 17. And I'll be reading, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, NLT. And it says, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The second verse that I would like to drop would be from Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verses 6 and that says, And it is impossible to please God without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that god exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him and the very last verse i would like to leave as the anchor verses for this series would be from the book of romans chapter 10 from verses 13 to 17 and it says for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. And so I'm leaving these verses with you, these scriptures with you as we go along on this journey of discovering who Jesus is. Why? Because these are like firm, um, how would I say, tenets of um, the fact that I'll be doing all my discussing from the Bible. And as we have just seen here, the Bible is God's Holy Scriptures, breathed by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we can trust everything, every word that is written in the Bible. Let's dive right into it. Every story starts from somewhere. Fairy tales usually start with once upon a time, a long time ago, in the beginning, in a land far, far away. You get the point. And so the same with the story of Jesus. Today, I would like to take us back to the beginning. 
according to scripture according to the holy bible so we'll be looking at verses from scripture that talk about jesus and that introduce him to us just as i would like to introduce him to you let's start with first john the book of first john chapter one now i could like like you can tell from the title this book was written this is a letter that was written by john the person of john and he wrote this letter to believers in his time to tell them about who jesus is and why he had you know introduced them to jesus in the first place and this is what he says in the opening of his letter we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning this is first john 1 from verses 1 to 5 the new living translation we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we have heard and seen we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands he is the word of life this one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life he was with the father and then he was revealed to us we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy and in the next chapter that's first john chapter 2 he also explains a little more about who jesus is he says this is verse 1 my dear children i am writing this to you so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father he is jesus christ the one who is truly righteous he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins but the sins of the of all the world i hope you're taking notes of all these different definitions or no descriptions i should say of who jesus is the person of jesus let's continue next we'll be looking at the book of john from chapter one the book of john is also written by an author named john and the way he begins this book or this letter is very interesting let's take a look john 1 from verses 1 it says in the beginning the word already existed the word i thought we were talking about a person a person named jesus what's he saying let's find out the word was with God and the word was God. Okay? He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Why are we talking about the word? I thought we were talking about a man. Hold on let's go on you'll find out soon god sent a man john the baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony john himself was not the light he was simply a witness to tell about the light the one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world he came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him he came to his own people and even they rejected him but to all who believed him and accepted him 
he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Okay, this progression is interesting. First we start with the word, then we go to the light. We have still not talked about a person. I thought we were talking about a person. Yes, hold on. We will soon say that. The next verse. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me, who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Oh, he finally mentioned his name. (laughs) No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Wow, what an interesting exposition. What an interesting introduction. We have a lot to unpack. Okay. Let's go to another book of the Bible. Genesis 1. The favorite. The very first book in the Bible. The very, very, very first book in the Bible. The very first. The very first chapter in the Bible. Genesis 1.1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I will stop there. This was Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. Okay, keep up with me. I hope you're keeping up with me, okay? Next book we're going to look at would be the book of Colossians, or rather the letter to the Colossians. <laughs> I'll be looking at verses, we'll be looking at chapter 1 from verses 15 to 20. All these verses, all the scriptures that I'm reading say something about who Jesus Christ is, which we are going to unpack after we've read these verses. I'm just giving you an introduction just to let you know, you know, just an appetizer. So I hope your appetite is getting wet. (laughs) Okay, Colossians 1 from verses 15 to 20. And it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. What? There are things we can't see? Wow. Okay. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Oh my gosh. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Wow. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That was Colossians 1 from verses 15 to 20. Now let's move on to chapter 2 
we're not going to read the whole chapter don't worry <laughs> colossians 2 from verses 2 says this i want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love i want them to have complete confidence that they understand god's mysterious plan which is christ himself wow pause for a moment and let that sink in i'm going to read that again I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. And this was Colossians 2 from verses 2 to 4. Let's take a little pause here and just, you know, allow everything that I've read, hopefully not too quickly, sink in. And in the next few seconds, we'll come back and, you know, unpack everything bit by bit. See all the wonderful goodies that lie in store for us that would show us who Jesus is. Remember, we are going back to the beginning. Let's start with the two passages I read, written by the same author, John. That is 1 John and the book of John. We will see in these two passages that I read earlier on, some similarities in, you know, in the description of Jesus. Well, of course, because they were written by the same person. But then also some themes, some um, reoccurring themes. 1 John 1. In 1 John 1... We see here John is telling these people that, oh, we saw this person that we are talking about. We touched him, in fact. We've actually heard him. We, we heard him speak. We, we walked around him, you know, moved around him. He was a person. But in his description, you know, okay, first of all, he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. The one who existed from the beginning. Now, we don't know who he's talking about yet. We don't know that it's Jesus yet until we get to the bottom of this. But then he begins by saying that this person I'm talking to you people about, this person that I'm introducing you people to, this person I've told you people about, existed from the beginning. What is the beginning? You might ask. You know, we don't know the beginning. We, we, all, like, we all were born into this world and people already existed. These things already existed. But then he's saying that even before all this, like, you know, for an individual person, your beginning is, you don't even remember when you were born because you didn't have um, the wherewithal to um, realize your surroundings or take note of your surroundings. You were a child. You had no knowledge. You had no idea. And even now, as an as an adult, or if you're still a child, whatever, wherever stage you are in the development of humanity, you can't even recall every moment of your childhood you can't not talk about the very first moments of your childhood so even as a person as people uh the beginning beginning sounds very vague it's very vague rather it's not very um accessible you don't have any any memory of that but then here is this guy who wrote this letter who is called john <laughs> telling us that the person he's talking to us about existed from the beginning 
So, in as much as you can't remember the beginning of your life, you have no memory of it. If you can just, if you sit down and you thought about, oh, when did this all start? What is the beginning? There are many th- um, theories out there about, oh, the beginning of, you know, life. Scientific, scientifically, there is evolution. There is a big bang theory. But, you know, nobody knows really. Nobody was there. From the beginning, even the very first humans just found themselves, you know, let's say they didn't, they were not there at the beginning in quotes. No, like the beginning is unknown to anyone. And yes, Jen is telling us that this person that he's going to introduce us to has existed from the beginning. The beginning that nobody knows about. This person was already there. And then the next thing he says about this person, whom we already know we were talking about, but let's just say we don't know, we didn't know yet. He says he's the word of life. Now he uses um, these metaphors that you don't particularly use to describe a person. Like you wouldn't say, oh, my mother is the word. (laughs) Or you wouldn't say, oh, my sister is the life. Or, you know, some person that you know. You wouldn't use such a description for a person for a human for a human being but in here the words the word 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 is used to describe this one that john is talking about and then word of life why word why does he say this one is the word of life and it seems like we'll find the answer to that question at least something that gives us a semblance of an answer in John 1, but let's stay here for now. Then the next thing he says about this person that he's introducing us to, whom we are going to pretend like we don't know who it is yet, is that his life itself. And he was revealed to us. His life itself revealed to us. In the words of the author John, he says, this one who is life itself was revealed to us. Why is he using such descriptions for a person? You might think, have you ever thought about life and what life means? Let's stay there for a moment. Life. When you think about your life, what comes to your mind? What do you envision? And here, This author is saying that, oh, this one is life itself. Life itself. I want you to hold that for a moment. His life itself. You wouldn't describe someone as life, right? Or as your life. I know, okay, in all these romantic shows, they always say, oh, this person is my life. He's my life, my love, and all that, you know. But what do they mean when they say that? that someone is their life but then this one is life itself not even just one person's life like he is life like the vague concept of life he is life okay then he goes on to say this one is eternal life oh wow this is getting deeper so not only is he life but his eternal life. What does eternal mean? 
you check your dictionary, you see something like everlasting, unending. Have you ever stopped to think about that? To think about forever. Forever. You know, people use words like that. Forever and ever. Forevermore. People hardly use eternally though. You know, like you don't say something is long lasting. I mean, even your food that has preservatives in it can only last so long. After a while, it's, it gets bad. It spoils. You know, nothing lasts for that long. I mean, things last for years, but then you can, um, you can measure the amount of time that something can last in this life. Even if it's for years, even if it's months, even if it's um, days. But then, eternity, forever, has no end. Can you imagine that? Think about it. And now, we are saying that this person, this person that I'm introducing you guys to, this person that this author is introducing to these people he's writing this letter or he wrote this letter to, is eternal life. So he's not just life. He is eternal life on top of it. Wow. These are big words. These are really deep words. I mean, how often do we think about life alone, you know, like what life is, what life means to us? Not to even think about eternal life, like life being unending and being everlasting. Okay. Then he says he was with the Father. And then he was revealed to us. Okay, who is the Father? So, this person existed from the beginning. I mean, we don't really have much of a concept of what beginning is, but he existed from that beginning. Then, he was with the father. In that beginning that he existed from, he was with the father. Another person called the father. And then, he was revealed to us. In other words, he had he has always been. He was in the beginning, he was with the Father, and he's always been, you know, throughout time and time and space and as much as we can fathom as human beings. We have to agree that our imagination is quite limited. I know we talk about having an unending or limitless imagination, but, you know, it's quite limited because, I mean, concepts like forever seem very evasive. <laughs> And yet, we have someone here, you know, we are meeting this person who has existed from beginning and, you know, throughout time. And then, eventually, he was revealed. When you use the word revealed, that means that he wasn't obvious before. You know, when they say something is revealed, it's like, oh, gender reveal. Like, a woman is pregnant, you know, she's carrying a child and she doesn't know the gender of her child whether it's a boy or a girl or even if she finds out the people around her don't know i mean they're not in her stomach so they can't tell um her husband may not know unless you know she tells him and he's there with her at the gynecologist but then a whole party and celebration is you know is put up to tell the world or well not the world but the people close to them family members and friends what the gender of this baby will be and it's called the gender reveal where we announce that, oh, we're going to have a boy. Oh, we're going to have a girl. And the same word reveal is used here to describe Jesus. He says, he was with the father. 
and then he was revealed to us so just like the baby in the in um in mother's womb it's always it has always been there right i mean at least right from conception and the baby is there but we don't know who the baby is but we can see that there is something there because the woman's stomach is bulging right and then she tells us oh i'm going to have a boy or i'm going to have a girl and now we have like an idea of okay what she's carrying or who she's carrying a baby but then we still don't know what this baby looks like until she gives birth so that's like the grandest reveal when this baby actually comes into the world and now everyone can see oh it's a boy yes it's a boy we knew that oh this is how the boy looks that's the grand reveal of the baby same here you know that concept here this this the baby always existed right at least during the time of the pregnancy and we knew he was there we just didn't know how he looked we just didn't know what the gen his gender or her gender was until she came out or he came out same here with jesus it seems he's always been there but then he became obvious like he was announced to the world that's at least the con that is the idea that the author is using here he's saying he was with the father and then he was revealed to us and then he finally tells us who he's talking about remember in the beginning he just said Oh, we proclaim to you the one. He just said the one. And then by the end of this little introduction, he's like, Oh, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And now he lets us in on who this one is that he's been telling about. Jesus Christ. So what have we learned so far about Jesus Christ and who he is? Remember, we're going back to the beginning and we're talking about who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? We've learned that he existed from the beginning with the Father. We've learned that he is the word of life. And we've learned that he's always been and that he was revealed Okay. Now let's go to John 1. Also written by the same guy, John. And we'll see some similarities and some, some similarities in describing who Jesus is. He starts by saying in the beginning the world already existed. Now we have already been acquainted with this description of Jesus Christ. In the previous passage, he didn't say exactly who he was talking about. He started with the one. You know, this vague, vague, vague person, this unknown person, the one. Now, he starts with the word. He starts by using the word, by defining or by describing Jesus as the word. We don't know it's Jesus yet, but now we know, right? Because we read the whole passage. But he just starts by saying, in the beginning, the word already existed. So we have that here again, already existed. Then he says he was with God. We already saw that in the other passage. He was with God. But then he said the word. Still this 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 description. Word. Last time we saw he was the word of life. Now he's the word. What does that mean? Word. What word? Like you know. When we talk about words. Like I'm speaking to you now. You're hearing words. In the English language. I'm speaking words. That's how I'm able to communicate with you. But this is not a person. Right. I'm the one who is speaking. And you're hearing my voice. 
and my voice is coming out, you know, in phrases and syllables, words that you can comprehend. But then the words are not me. However, if you heard me or if you heard my voice, right, let's assume that you're acquainted with me and you know me. When you hear my voice, you hear my words, you can say, oh, that is Ebon. Or, you know, it might not even be in a particular context of, of um, speech necessarily, just hearing me speaking and hearing what I'm saying. And then you can, you can say, oh, that is something that she would say, right? Like, oh. It's only everyone that can say something like that. I don't know if anyone has ever told you something like that. But it seems like your words are used to um, identify you as a person. And here we are. This descriptor is being attached to the person of Jesus. Now, but first of all, let's realize two people have been mentioned so far. You know, I mean, we're talking about Jesus, but Jesus has been mentioned. And then father has been mentioned. Okay, let's go on. We're digging for treasure here. Said the word was God. The word was God. Oh, hold on. Okay, what? I mean, I can get the word was God, but the word was God? Ah. I thought we just established the fact that your words are not people. Your words, you know, like my words are not me. But they come from me, right? So you attach them to me. Here is clearly saying that the word was God. Okay. He existed from the beginning. We know that he existed in the beginning with God. Okay. We've, we've been introduced to that. And he says God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. Now, we started by using a, um, a non-human descriptor. And speaking of a person word and now we're, we're using like like a human descriptor him we're using you know we're, we're using um a pronoun yes pronoun that's the word i was looking for him from a non-pronoun to a pronoun to the pronoun him and we're being told that nothing was created except through him now if you are conversant with the story of creation according to biblical narration according to scripture it says in the beginning oh that was one of the scriptures we read let's go back there for a moment let's jump in and say hello to genesis genesis 1 1 says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters then god said god spoke let there be light and there was light and god saw that the light was good so he spoke and if you go through the whole um passage we see god speaking every time saying let there be this let there be that let there be this let there be that and everything he spoke came into being so he spoke things into existence he spoke words right okay now back to john 1 John, this author is saying something interesting here. I mean, I don't know if you catch it, but I'm catching it. <laughs> I hope you are. Too. He says in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. And God created everything through him. Wait, the word was God. God created everything through him. <laughs> From Genesis, we just, we just, that we just read. We see that God created everything by speaking. He said, let there be. And here, John is saying that the word, 
which was the God was the one or the means through which God created everything. Uh, I think I just rambled. Let's rephrase that. God created everything through the word. And the word is a hymn. Of course, these are metaphorical words. These are these are like metaphorical descriptors, you know, to give you an idea of who Jesus is. Letting you know that he was there from the very beginning. And he was there at the creation of everything that we know now and that we see. And he was the means through it everything was created. So God didn't just create things on his own. But Jesus was there with him. How do we know it's Jesus though? It goes on to say the word gave life to everything that was created. The same idea that Jesus gave life to everything. His life brought light to everyone. So we are seeing um, these metaphors being used to describe a person. Word, light, life, word of life. Okay. And here again, John also uses light. You know, he says, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone that's coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. God created the world. God spoke and everything that is came into being. He spoke words. The word was with God. The word was God. The word gave life. And the word was the light of the world. He came into the world he created. I thought God created the world. Yes, God created the world. Through the word. So we can also say that the word created the world. And he came into the world, but the world didn't recognize him. Don't get me wrong. I said the word, W-O-R-D, created the world, W-O-R-L-D. Okay. The same way John ends his description in 1st John. The same way he ends it here. He starts with something inanimate. And then he goes on to say, oh, this inanimate thing I'm referring to is actually this person. And so from beginning with the word, he goes on to say in verse 14, that the word became human and made his home among us. So the word became flesh. The word became a person. Now we know we're talking about a person. And then he says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Okay, so the word that became human is the father's one and only son. Ah. Uh, and then later on, he goes on to say, no one has ever seen God. But the unique one who is himself God is near to the father's heart and he has revealed God to us. So, okay. In First John 1, and in John 1, we, we, I hope you've been able to catch like the similarities, right? The similarities in description of who Jesus Christ is. He's the word. He's the word of life. He existed from the beginning. He's life. He's God himself. He's the one through which everything that was created was created. And he's the only one who has seen God and he came 
you know, when he became human, to reveal God to us. And he was revealed to us. it's difficult to accept that a person is the embodiment of concepts that we don't even really think much about like life like forever like the beginning and so there was need for witnesses people who saw this being this embodiment of all these things all these descriptors that you don't attach to a human being to a personality but then i would like you to think of these as metaphors but they're not just metaphors think about what they mean you know i mean what what's the essence of these metaphors in describing this person that we are talking about this person must be i don't know you know like unordinary for him to be described in such a way and you know who i'm talking about jesus being described as word, being described as light, being described as life, being described, you know, in such manner. Just like I've said, you know, the words that you speak kind of embody your identity. And so I'd like you to think about, think of these descriptors in connection with Jesus and how they even further define him or further describe him rather further further describe him for instance when you if someone were to ask you to describe your mom or okay describe somebody you know like a friend you know in in short in short words in a sentence in in five words that's what they always say you know describe yourself in five words describe your friend in five words or in ten words or in a paragraph what would you use to describe that person and so this author john he uses these words to like when you think about how you describe your friend how you describe your friend lets other people know okay the kind of person that your friend is your descriptions your descriptors your descriptive words give an idea or a picture of or the person that your friend is or your mom is whoever whomever it is you're describing the same with jesus john is trying to define or describe jesus to us and he's using these words to explain the person of jesus the kind of person he is and that he and that he that he signifies he signifies word he signifies light he signifies life and then he was there from the beginning all encompassing if you ask me and so like i said it's it's is kind of difficult to grasp how a person flesh and blood like you can touch embodies all these Hence, the, necess- the necessity of witnesses. And in John 1, verses 6, John writes that God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light 
so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself wasn't the light, but he was a, he was just a witness to the light, you know. And now when he comes and says, oh, I know that person. He's the one that has been talked about. He's this, that, 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 that. People will not be confused anymore and they'll be able to point a finger to, you know, they'll be able to believe um, the the person of Jesus. And he, and John, this writer, John, he does the same thing when he writes his letter to whomever, to the, Whomever he was writing it to in first John. He also, you know, he's like trying to convince us. Look, I was there. I am telling you about somebody that I saw. I touched him with my own hands. I saw him with my own eyes. I was with him. And now I am here to tell you and to testify as a witness. You know how you testify in court. How witnesses are called up to testify. You know, to give an account. To tell us what they saw. And from their accounts, we can believe the story that um, the, the defense lawyer is trying to paint. Same here. John is like, I was there. I touched him. I saw him. And he's this person that, he, that I'm saying that he is. And I want you to believe me because of my words. Because I was there Sela let's think about this now that we have looked at what John had to say about who Jesus is Let's check out Colossians that we read earlier on. Now, Colossians, if you don't know, was written by this guy named Paul. And it's called Colossians because it's a letter that he wrote to the believers in Colossae. Called the Colossians, you know. Just like people who are from Nigeria are called Nigerians. People from Colossae called Colossians. And he wrote this letter to them. And... From verse 15, like we read earlier on, the very first thing he says about Jesus Christ, he says, now I need you to to take a deep breath because this is going to be big. And I need you to, you know, take it in and ponder on it. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Ooh. Christ is the visible image of of the invisible God. We can't see God, right? He's invisible. But then Christ is a physical, a flesh and blood, a human representation of the God that we can't see. In other words, Jesus Christ is God in flesh. Is God in human body. Is God in human form is God in flesh and blood I don't know how else to, <laughs> to expand on that but I mean that's what this is saying that's what this verse here is saying that Christ is the visible the one we can see the image that we can see of a God whom we can't see now it makes sense then that Christ is God right like from what John said in the previous passages that we we broke down, hopefully, Christ is God. He is the image, the physical representation 
of God. And then Paul goes on to say he existed before anything was created. So in these three passages that I that we have studied today, one common thread or one common statement made about who Jesus is is that he has been from time immemorial. Let me say that in another way. He has existed before. Previously, we saw that he existed in the beginning. We don't know what the beginning is, but then he's someone who was there at the start of everything. And here we're being told that he even existed before the beginning because he existed before anything was created. And the first story being we are told of in the scripture is that in the beginning, God created but then here we're told that, oh no, before that even took place, before anything was created, he was, he existed. And he's supreme above all. I mean, that makes sense, right? It's like saying that he's supreme above all. If he was there before everything was even um, created, then he's above all that was created or that is created. And again, we see this tale about, I said, not a tale. No, 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 not a tale. This truth about Christ being the one through whom God created everything. I'll say that in a different way. About God creating everything through Christ. For through him, God created everything. Everything in the heavenly realms and everything on earth. Things that we can see and things that we can't see. There are things that we can't see, people. I mean, we can't see God. Doesn't mean he doesn't exist, though. I mean, right? So there are things that we can't see and we are being made to know that Jesus Christ is the one through whom everything that was everything was created everything was created through him and for him Ooh, wow man this is some big exposition going on here okay he existed before anything else Again, when things are repeated, it's to let you know that this is important. Like you should pay attention to it. Number one, he existed before anything was created. Number two, he existed before anything was created. Number three, he existed before anything else. To let you know the importance of this truth. It gives you a perspective of who Jesus is, right? That's why it's repeated. This is the how many time now that we're hearing that Jesus Christ existed from the beginning. And so that lets you know that hmm, he's a big deal. He's very important. If he existed from before, 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 then he is very important. First place. He holds all creation together. Have you ever sat down to think about what you know what sustains everything that it that is now like you know do you ever think oh everything that exists now what keeps it in place what holds the planets in place science will say oh magnetic force gravitational force whatever forces are there i don't remember my physics but then how do those forces even come to being you know existential questions you know that was like <laughs> like think about how we are on earth and i remember when i was younger and i used to think that we lived inside earth 
but that's not possible because inside the earth's core is very very hot we would not survive but we actually are on earth if you know science now um and we are just hanging there in space and we're not falling off and we're not falling over what's holding everything in place gravitational forces yes 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 but isn't that amazing though and here we are being we are told that ah actually Christ is the one who holds all creation together. So he's the reason why everything hasn't fallen apart. He's the reason why we are not falling off the face of the earth. He's the reason why everything is still in place. Okay, this Jesus guy is deep. I hope you feel me. And then a different, a, a, a repetition of what we started this passage with is made here again for god in all his fullness was pleased to live in christ if we put verse 15 which we read initially beside verse 19 we see that they're saying the same thing in different ways let's check that out again verse 15 says christ is the visible image of the invisible god verse 19 says for god in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ what is the fullness of you <laughs> do you ever think of that like what what's what is the essence of you as a person okay as me Ebon what what is the fullness of me everything that I stand for everything that that is me let's think about that for a while and here he says that Everything that God stands for, the fullness of him, everything he represents, everything that he is, the essence of him, dwelt in Jesus Christ. And so, in other words, God was in Jesus Christ. Let's dig deeper into what this means. By comparing with other translations. Remember I was reading from the New Living Translation? Let's check. The common Jewish Bible, complete Jewish Bible, sorry, CJB, says, For it pleased God to have his full being live in his son. The Good News Translation says, For it was by God's own decision that the son has in himself, for it was by God's own decision that the son has in himself the full nature of God. Oh, the full nature of God the message I love the message the message says so spacious is he so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding not only that but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe people and things animals and atoms Get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. Whew. Okay, the Amplified. Oh, I love me a good Amplified translation. The Amplified says, For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, that is, some total of his essence, all his perfection, powers, and attributes, 
to dwell permanently in him. Remember when I asked you, what is the fullness of you? What is the sum total of you? What is the makeup of you? The essence of you? You know, that's what this is telling us. That the fullness, the essence, the everythingness of God dwells in Jesus Christ. This is who Jesus Christ is. Remember, lest we forget, we are talking about who Jesus is and we are starting from the beginning. Verse 20 says, through him God reconciled everything to himself. We are going to dig deeper into that in future episodes. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. We are also going to dig into that. This is getting exciting. I am excited. I hope you are excited as well. Because this person, Jesus, sounds very interesting. I mean, he's a lot. We have said a lot about him in, well, many minutes. <laughs> now, let's move on to Colossians 2. There is a verse there that really, really, really is so profound to me. And I hope it also is profound to you. It says, verse 3, In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Whoa. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the wisdom and knowledge that you could even possibly think about that you obviously, no human being, no one human being has that. No one human being that you know, even in all their smartness and geniusness. That's why we have multiple geniuses in this world that discovered many things, right? Because not one person can embody all the wisdom and knowledge in himself but we are being told here that jesus christ is the one person in whom all the wisdom and knowledge is hidden in jesus christ is all wisdom and is all knowledge man he must be a very very wise guy and knowledgeable guy if that's the case and i guess that makes sense since he existed from the beginning right since he was there from the beginning he knows everything and he's wise. Very, very, very wise. Before that verse though, it says, I want them to have complete confidence. I'm reading verse 2 before the verse 3 that talks about Jesus being all wise and unknowing. It says, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Whoa. God's mysterious plan. Have you ever heard of that? That God had a mysterious plan cooking. He was cooking something. Some secret secret that he did not tell anybody. And lo and behold, that secret is Jesus Christ himself. How? 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 Well, I guess you have to stick around longer to find out how. again for tuning in with me on this very first episode of proclaiming jesus we learned so much today i learned so much i hope you did i'm excited for what more that we have to learn and i hope that you are we have so much to unpack so much to discover we've barely scratched the surface i'm looking forward to the next episode and i wonder what we will discover there i hope you are looking forward as well till then i remain your host